In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So today's parable um, is one that we've all heard often, um, and what it reminded me of, actually, as I was going through it, um, is my experience recently. So recently I was like at an event, um, and I was surrounded by uh, a lot of people, okay, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, and these are people that different perspectives on life. Okay, so some people, for example, um, you know, like believers, Christians, whatever. Some people non-Christians, some people not really even thinking about that question to begin with. So just surrounded by a lot of different kinds of people. And usually, if I'm being honest, when I've been at such an event in the past, when it's a lot of people, like a lot, a lot, a lot of people, I usually keep to myself. Okay, kind of quiet. Keep to myself. I just sit down, you know, and just just keep to myself. Um, and it's not because I'm trying to be rude, okay, that's not, that's not why, it's just my natural demeanor is to just be quiet, kind of go into your own corner, like just hang out and just see what happens, okay, just see where the night takes us. This time, I felt that God was pushing me to do the exact opposite, and I felt kind of a nudge, not to just like welcome conversations, like you know when somebody can tell if like you're welcoming a conversation versus not, like by your demeanor and your body language and all those things, so for me that's like, Wow, like welcoming conversations, okay. Um, but not just welcoming conversations, but to actually like seek out conversations. And if you know me, this is like not my thing, okay. So this is like uncomfortable. So I'm in this place, a lot of people, and God is saying, no, like today is not the day where you're just going to sit down and do nothing, okay. Today you're going to seek out conversations. So I begin, and I'm talking with a lot of people. Some people maybe I, like, I haven't seen before, okay, uh, like just introduced to. Some people that I, I, I know, but I haven't seen in a really long time. Um, and I'm just having these conversations. And if you, you've probably had these experiences before, like if you have like, we don't have networking events, but like if you have like networking events and things like that, you know how those conversations go usually, okay? Like the small talk and like, how are you doing? How's the family? How's like work going? And you know, like it's kind of hard to get the conversation rolling. So I'd have those conversations that ask people about you know, their life and their situation and what's going on. And in the end, no matter what happened, after talking with people, the conversation always ended in the same exact way. The conversation ended with, so if people don't know me, like, what are you and what do you do? Okay. And I'll tell them, you know, a priest at a church, okay, where's your church? Uh, and say, like, in Arlington, Virginia, or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, you're welcome to come anytime. And, and I would invite them to church. Okay, like, that's how our conversation would end. And if you're wondering if uh, that gets awkward, uh, the answer is yes. Okay, if you've ever <laughs> if you've ever invited somebody to church before, you know that the answer is yes. But you know what? What I've learned is life is short. Okay, but we can all deal with a little bit of awkwardness. Like we're all grown ups. Like it's okay. And the bonus, if you think like it's uh, this, just kind of when we eventually ask you guys to to you know invite people to church, um, the bonus is this. If you think like it's awkward, it's whatever. Like I'm not comfortable with it. Best case scenario is a person agrees to come and, like, you've done the work of God. Okay, somebody agrees to come to church, or at least pretends to agree that they're going to come. Okay? Uh, worst case scenario is that the conversation abruptly ends. Okay? And then you're off the hook. Okay? So, like, best case scenario and worst case scenario, they're not. It's not too bad. So I end up having these conversations. And every time, the conversation just ends the same exact way. And as I was going through that, this parable came to mind as I was having these conversations. The reason that this parable came to mind is as I was inviting people to church, 
it's not, sometimes it was what people said with their lips, but almost like the body language, you could sense the different reactions. And if you've invited someone, you kind of know what that's like. I felt like, as if I was in this example, like the sower. Like the sower is going to, to sow the seed. And if I'm being honest, I didn't particularly like it all the time, okay? Because of the reactions, or like how I saw people react to it. Some people, when I would invite them, they'd say, yeah, yeah, we'll come, or whatever, like, and you could just tell it was like, kind of like the pretend, like, sure, dude, just like, leave me alone, okay? Other people, you know, they were, uh, they were saying, you know, like, Sundays are kind of difficult, like, it's just really busy, it's like a one day of just, like, relaxing, like, it's really hard, like, so, like you guys are so far away, like, it just, it, it's not going to really work out. I remember one guy, <laughs> one guy flat out just looked at me and he's like, I'm not coming. Like, <laughs> he just looked at me and he was just like, you know, like, thank you so much. Like, I like you. Like, you seem like a nice guy. I'm just, that's just not going to happen. And I actually appreciated that because there's like honesty there, right? Like, I appreciate the honesty more than like the pretend and, and all that other stuff. So I left that event thinking, like, I don't get it. I don't get what today was about, God. Like, you, like, you know me. Like, you know my demeanor, Lord. Like, you created me. You know me better than I know myself. You know me that, like, it's not in my nature to begin with to go out and have these conversations. Why? What was the purpose of this process? And the reason that I was, you know, questioning it is because I kind of, I was genuinely worried about the people that I was having these conversations with. You know, like I was, like it's easy to just have a conversation and be like, okay, that person is, you know, lives in wherever, like I'm never going to see them again, it's no big deal. But for some reason that night specifically, God put it on my heart and I was like concerned about the people that I was talking to. And I was like really worried. And I, I know you would expect like, that's how I always am. It's not, okay, that's just the truth. It's like, I was, I was really concerned. And I was just like, don't they get it? Like, I'm just having this conversation with God, like, like life's short. Like, is the kid's soccer game really that important? Like, that's the reason that like, there's no relationship with God. Like, oh my goodness, the kid's soccer game. Like that's, that's the real, or like the drive is kind of a little teeny, tiny bit too long. And I would ask them, like, so where's your kid's soccer game? Oh, it's like in the end of the, other, like, the, end of the world. Okay, that's where the soccer game is. And I'm just like, like life is short. Don't people get like what they're missing out on? Like, what's going on? Like, why is there like no sense of urgency? And I ha- was having this conversation with God and, and if I'm being honest, it was a bit puzzling, but more than that, it was kind of discouraging to see that. Like, God, you put this on my heart. I was sowing the seeds, sowing the seeds, sowing the seeds, and really there's no fruit. And the more I thought about it, I felt God saying, well, now you know how I feel. Now you know how I feel. And he was kind of pointing it back to me throughout my life, and I was thinking about this. How many times has God tried to sow in my heart and there was no fruit? And maybe it was during a season of life, because it's always easier to see this in others than in yourself. Maybe there's a season of life where the seed, like in today's example, fall on the wayside. Maybe in other times there was no depth. Maybe in other times it was just distracted, whatever it may be. And in most of our lives, we would say, Lord, for sure, we've been there, we've done it. Like, I've seen it. But again, the question to me was, well, what do I do? Like, if we're called to, to sow with you, Lord, like to sow people in, 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 like, wherever we go, it's not just the sower is sowing the seed in us, it's he's calling us to participate in that. 
is that we're also sowers. And we're also going out and sowing seeds along the way. We might not reap the fruit all the time. But what are we called to do? To me, the equation is so simple, but sometimes we complicate things. But the equation is very simple. It always starts with me preparing my heart to receive God, to receive the grace of God. And that's just humility, okay? Like knowing that I'm not perfect. I'm always willing to learn, okay? And humility, kind of receiving that, that goodness of God. And then, not because we're amazing, but because God is working in us, we reap fruit when we, when we have that relationship with God, and then we sow, go sow that goodness in others. The key part is that you can never control the outcome. You can never control the outcome. It's not our job to control outcomes. It's not my job to say, man, like, I really, like, poured my heart and soul into this person that was in front of me, and there was no fruit, like, I'm disappointed. It's not my job to control the outcome. It's my job to sow a seed. And if you're a Christian, this is pretty much your job. Your job as a Christian is to be discipled by Christ, to have that relationship, that intimate one-on-one, and then to be sent out, to be an apostle, a disciple and an apostle. And the reason the two go hand in hand is because what I noticed about that night is people are rarely ever changed or transformed or their hearts are open to just words. People are rarely ever changed or transformed just by having a conversation. What it typically takes is that people see God living in you. That's what it takes. That's like 99% of the time it's not about what you're saying. But it's about how they see you live your life. If they see that you try to practice what you preach, even though, and and even though like they might not agree with everything you're saying, but if they see that you're trying your best to practice what you preach, maybe that seed that you're sowing that day might not reap amazing fruit, but it might open a door. It might open a door and say, oh. Maybe there is something I'm missing. Maybe there's more to this life than just my schedule every day. Even though we're called to sow, and we're called to be sent out, and we're called to be Christ to others, we might not see the fruit right away, but maybe you're sowing one seed today, and you're sowing another seed today, and you're sowing another seed today, and then finally somebody else is going to see the fruit. That's kind of the work of the body of Christ together. Most of the time I've looked at this parable in the past, I've always applied it to just myself. And I think that's what God was trying to help me understand today. Is it's not just about, okay, my relationship with God, my relationship with God, how is my heart, and what am I, how am I participating in my relationship with God? That's, of course, important. That's the starting point always. But it's also about, are you participating with the sower? Are you sowing with God wherever you go? In the Gospel of St. Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples, this is Matthew chapter 9, he says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This verse explains exactly what it's like when we're out there in the world. And how we should approach the world. Is when we go out and we see people, people are hungry for God. And people, like even though they're living their lives and they're doing whatever, what I saw a lot of times, and this is why I was kind of like worried and concerned, she would tell me all about their lives and their plans and whatever. And what you could kind of sense was unsatisfied, emptiness. 
And that's what Jesus is saying is the harvest is plentiful. There's actually a lot of work to be done. But our job, our job is to do the work and to pray that God sends out more workers, that God sends out more laborers. Why? Because even though I might not reap the, the fruit today, somebody behind me will, or the next person behind that person will. And similar example happened in um, the story of the Samaritan woman, which we, we talk about here a lot in, at SSA and in John chapter 4. And Jesus tells again his disciples, he says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. They are ripe for harvest. People are hungry. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the same, one sows and another reaps is true. And listen to this, what he tells his disciples. He says, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. That's fascinating. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the apostles. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. How much work did the apostles do? They did a lot of work. Like the apostles did a ton of work. And he's telling them, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Who is he referring to? Every single person that came before you. The prophets. All the work that they did. And what the prophets got in return, and what the apostles eventually would get in return as well, is martyrdom. A lot of them would be killed for, for, their, for sowing with Christ. I think the message for us today is the same thing. Jesus is telling us today as well. Look around. Open your eyes. People are hungry. People are thirsty. People need God. And there's plenty of work to be done. But don't worry. People have worked before you. You're not the first person. And you probably won't be the last person to sow that seed. You may reap the fruit. And maybe you guys have stories of like reaping the fruit and seeing something great in, in like a discussion with someone and opening somebody's heart or kind of that situation. And that's great. Sometimes you may reap the fruit. Sometimes you may not. But either way... There's a reward for those who work with Christ. My prayer is that as we approach life, that you guys are better than me, okay? That you take a more proactive approach and that you're looking for people and their hunger. And you're looking for people and what is it that they need? And that you have conversations. You get to know people. And of course the message is not, first time you're having a conversation with somebody, repent for the kingdom of God's at hand. Okay, that's not, that's not the, the, the right way. Okay, that was, only one person did that. Okay, we'll, we'll give it to St. John the Baptist. But the message is, are we there for people? Are we looking, are we just consumed maybe like with our lives and what's going on in our lives and, and things that we're worried about and whatever it may be? Or are we constantly looking outside, outside of us and saying, Lord, help me sow with you. Like you're sowing in me and I'm so thankful that you're constantly sowing in me that you're never giving up on me. And there's been times in my heart where I haven't been paying attention. Help me sow with you. My prayer is that we are always focused on doing that and focused on serving God through our service of others. That it's not just about us, but that we're looking to sow with him all the days of our life. And glory be to God forever. Amen.